So online business is no different than any other business in that you need customers, you need leads, people to know about your products and services. And so what we need to do as online business owners is build an audience. And so what I want to do in today's episode is break into the book a bit more, how to get paid for what you know, my brand new book, and unpack the chapter on growing your audience to walk you through what I believe is the absolute best way to grow a sizable and loyal audience of fans and followers who then will translate into customers. Because at the end of the day, we're not trying to win a popularity contest. We're trying to build a business. So let's discuss. Welcome to episode 150 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less and live and give more to the things and people you care about. I'm your host, Graham Cochran, pumped to hang out with you today. We are in the middle of my little mini series here on The Graham Cochran Show, leading up to the release of my book, How to Get Paid for What You Know, turning your passion, experience, and knowledge into an online income stream in your spare time. This is a really big deal for me. This has been a couple of years in the making. Really, it's been my whole life in the making in terms of the story God's been telling through my work and then through the two businesses that I've built. But about two years ago, I got serious about wanting to write a book. Books have changed my life. It's a format and a medium that still is relevant today. You can grab it, you can hold it, you can take it with you, and you can learn in an intimate four to five hour setting, how to do something or how to think about something. And my hope was to create a book that can change people's lives like books have changed my lives, all my life. I only have one life. All the books on the shelf behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, so many of them have been game changers, life changers. I got a whole other bookshelf at home, the other ones. And so I've been blessed to be able to get a publishing deal, write a book that I feel like strikes the balance between showing you the opportunity of online business sharing my story a little bit, motivating you to take action, but also not just being theory and fluff, but being the step-by-step, six-step process didactically broken down for you to go build a six-figure or seven-figure business online. That's right. You could take this book and go change your life financially forever. uh, And it's just a book. It's the most affordable thing I will ever offer. Uh, And it's not only great for new people, but it's great for people who have already built a business that want to sort of have a refresher or a focused tool on your shelf to help you know exactly what to do first, second, and third. And it's great for you if you got a friend that wants to do something different with their life and they're hating their job and their work. So here's the deal. Book goes on sale March 22nd and you can pre-order it right now. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash book. You could pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, wherever you buy books. But if you go to grahamcochran.com slash book and bring your receipt showing that you pre-ordered the book there, you can enter it in there with your information and you can instantly get over $100 worth of bonuses, including the first two chapters of the book that you can read right away in a PDF, an audio training, a bunch of other tools and resources. Everyone who pre-orders a book and enters their receipt information there will also be entered into a drawing to win one 90-minute coaching call with me one-on-one so I can help you specifically with your business, which is pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to one of you lucky people getting to hang out with me. Sounds a little narcissistic, but I want to help you and I can only really do this for one person. So, hey, there's that. Uh, And then just support me. If you've ever gotten any value out of anything I've done online, even if this is the very first thing you've come across, 
then would you consider supporting me? Even if you don't read books, just pre-order the book, just buy the book. It helps me out. And uh, if it sits on your shelf long enough, maybe you'll pick it up, crack it open, and then it will help you out. This is everything I know about building an online business. I've built two of them to a million dollars a year or more. And I can help you do the same if you just will crack open the book, read it and apply it. So what we're doing in this series is breaking down some of the key components in the book, giving you a little bit of a sneak peek. And so today we're talking about growing an audience, which is a huge chapter. Chapter four in the book is all about this. This is the second step in the six step process to building an online income stream. And we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about the best way to build an audience. And then we're going to talk about um, some strategies therein. Now, you, if you're online or reading about online business, you're going to hear a lot of different strategies for getting leads. And one of the popular ones, two of the popular ones that I'm, I'm not interested in at all, I'll talk about first, and then I'll share with you the third option, which I think is the best option. Option number one that is very prevalent is social media. I like to pick on social media because it's it's a great example of everyone doing something because they think they're supposed to and they think that it works, but it doesn't really. And they're just doing it because they're copying everybody else. And I like to make fun of that because I like to shake the tree and I like to wake people up to having the guts to figure out what actually works and then going and do that. So social media is, the, is when I interact with people, they think like, I have to be on social media, right? I, I took a year off of social media last year. I, I literally deleted all the apps. I didn't post, I didn't look, I didn't do anything for over a year. Um, and people are like, oh my gosh, how, how could you grow a business without being on social media? Um, and the answer is very simple. You don't need social media. But what's funny is people think that's the only way to grow an audience. So they're posting on TikTok, Instagram, whatever the trend is, it, it, was, Insta, it was Facebook, then it was Instagram, then it was Instagram stories, then it was reels because stories was copying Snapchat. So Snapchat for a while, then people were back to Instagram. And then it's not just stories anymore. It's reels because reels are trying to compete with TikTok because it's all about TikTok the last three years. It just goes on and on and on and on. And so people spend a lot of time posting with the hopes, I think, of going viral or people just discovering their their profile. And then then from social media, they can pitch their products. I'm not really sure. It's, it's very vague and undefined, which is a good indicator that people don't know what they're doing, but they see other people on social media and they think that's how you get discovered. Reaching people on social media is really, really hard. Really, really hard. A, on Instagram, the last I checked, three to 4% of your followers even see your content organically. So what's the point of having a big following if they don't even see it? And the two, how do you get discovered on these platforms? You don't really. Something in the algorithm has to take off and you have to get lucky. And then once you get lucky, you get more luck, right? The rich get richer on these platforms in terms of exposure. So a lot of people have gotten disenchanted with social media. So then they go to option two for growing their audience, which is, well, I'll just pay for the audience. If I can pay Facebook, YouTube, any of these platforms, then my ad can run and I can show up in front of people um, against their will through an ad. And then at least I can get the, my, my name out, get the word out. Um, and if I'm creative, I can have an ad that feels like it's a value ad um, and that it, it, it makes a good first impression. And maybe I can call them to take action that might be joining my email list or it might be buying my product or checking out my website. I'm not really sure. And so paid traffic is a huge thing that's talked about a lot. A lot of the gurus really believe in paid traffic. A lot of my friends believe in paid traffic. I'm not a fan of paid traffic. I don't use paid traffic. I don't run ads. Um, I haven't needed to run ads to grow two million dollar a year businesses in two very different niches. Went from a smaller niche 
um, to a very crowded niche. And I still haven't had to run ads to grow a business. So um, I continue to just prove the point that you don't need to run ads and ads are very unreliable. In the last year, we've had a lot of changes with the Apple iOS um, affecting privacy settings, which is pro prohibiting Facebook from being able to be as effective to deliver your ads. And so ads are not as effective and costs are going up. It's just kind of a giant mess. It's always been hard to crack the code, but it's gotten harder and it's expensive. So what, what's the option, Graham? Well, the third option is what I do and what I've been doing for 12 and a half years and what I teach my students, and that's called content marketing. Content marketing is really simple. It's creating free, valuable content, not on social media, um, that's discoverable. And let's talk about this. Um, five reasons why content marketing works. This is straight out of the book. Number one, content is free. So when you're starting out your online business, you likely don't have a lot of money. I've got plenty of money I could throw at ads right now. Money is not the problem right now. So I could throw a lot of money at ads, but if you're starting out, you don't have the money. So it's a really hard proposition to make when you're being told when you have no money and you haven't gotten any profit yet to like, hey, the only way to grow is to run ads and that costs money. Not true. Content's free. So all you got to do is spend your time. Um, so I think the idea is like, if you spend a lot of money, you'll make a lot of money. Yeah, but you will have spent a lot of money. So what matters is not your revenue, it's your profit, right? I said, last time I checked in the book, spending $20,000 to make $30,000 is worse than spending nothing to make $15,000. So I'm not impressed with people who make a lot of money on their launches or their business if they're spending a lot on ads because what matters is what you take home. So you could make $30,000 in a launch, but if you spent 20 grand in ads to get there, you will have made a profit of 10,000. But if you spent zero and you only made half as much, 15,000, you've actually made 50% more profit. So content's free, that's the obvious bonus. Um, content's evergreen. And what that means is that you put out a piece of content. And when I mean content, I'm, I'm going to talk about this more in particular, but like a, a blog post or a YouTube video, something like that. It is out there forever, discoverable forever. Okay. I have videos that I shot five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago that drive traffic to my website every single day to this day. You can't say that for a, a reel you shot on Instagram or a TikTok video you shot. TikTok didn't exist 10 years ago, but if you shot a TikTok video 10 years ago, it's not going to be helping you now unless you're one of the lucky few that went viral and it just becomes a perennial funny or awesome video that people watch years down the road. It's just not an effective use of your time. So if you want to be efficient and you don't have a lot of time, this whole book is about how to build this income stream in your spare time. If you've only got your spare time, then do something that's going to be worth your spare time. Create one piece of content that will last forever that Google will search and crawl, YouTube will search and crawl, and it can serve you forever. So it's evergreen, it sticks around forever, whereas the stuff in social media disappears in your feed and an ad disappears when you're not putting money behind it. Number three, content creates trust and credibility. You know, the eventual goal is to make a sale and the only way you can make a sale in any business is to build trust. People have to know you, like you, and trust you, right? We've always heard the no like, trust factor. It's, it's hard to build trust through an ad. You have a lot of barriers you have to overcome. It's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just hard. When you create a free piece of content that adds value and people love it and get a lot of like true value out of it, 
they already like you and they had a good experience with you and you weren't selling anything in that content, they are more likely to go down the path with you to eventually buying something from you. So when you're running an ad, you're promoting to what's called cold traffic. It's it's people who don't know about you. Now, you might be able to have a lookalike audience on Facebook or it could be literally your email list in theory, but most people don't have that when they're starting out. So again, they're trying to run ads to grow an audience. So we're assuming you don't have an audience. These people are hopefully people that are interested in what you're interested in and what you're selling, but they don't know you. They're not familiar with you. So you have to quickly somehow build trust. Whereas a piece of content, they can engage with it for free, test the waters as it were, and they can get a sense of who you are and why they like you or don't like you. If they don't like you, they'll move on. But if they like you, they're more likely to buy from you when you offer something. Content number four, shareable. People don't share ads very often unless it's a really funny Super Bowl commercial or a really funny uh, YouTube ad. There was a couple, I remember when Dollar Shave Club came out and the founder, Mike, I'm blanking on his last name, he made a hilarious YouTube video and it was an ad for Dollar Shave Club and it was just so well-crafted. It was just a really funny video in the guise, it was a commercial in the guise of a really funny video. I share that so many times because it's just flawless comedy and great advertising. Unless you're that funny and it really, really takes off, most people aren't gonna share an ad. What they're gonna share is a helpful podcast. How many podcast recommendations have you got? Oh my gosh, you gotta listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh, you gotta check out this guy's YouTube channel. Oh my gosh, you gotta check out her website. She's got an amazing blog on you know, food recipes or, or losing weight or whatever it is. If you find a helpful, amazing free resource that's helpful to you and change your life, you're more likely to share it with somebody else. So your free content is shareable. That's how I've grown in both of these brands. Word of mouth and online sharing. People will retweet videos, podcasts I've done, articles. Um, it's, it's just great. Good content not only gets discovered, but it's more likely to get shared. And number five, content is generous and generosity is magnetic. Okay, this is huge. I've talked about this in entire episodes, but the crux of winning in business and in life is generosity. If you're a generous person, you will prosper. End of discussion. So if you build your business around generosity, which looks like putting out gobs and gobs of amazing, helpful, relevant, free content, you will attract amazing people because we are all attracted to generous people. That friend of yours that always pays for your meal when you go out to grab a bite or who always is willing to come over and help you lift something heavy or move, who always seems to have time for you, who always will listen to you, is generous with her time when she listens to you when you have to vent and unload about something hard in your life. What do you think about that person? What kind of thoughts bubble up when you imagine that person in your head? You really like that person. You really wanna hang out with that person. You, you would do anything for that person because that person is just so generous. Like you are drawn and attracted to his or her generosity. That's what happens. So every niche, if it's a good niche, is crowded right now. That's a good thing, actually. We talked about that last week. That means that it's a viable market. But everyone's out for themselves. They're in it for themselves. They're out to just get what they want. So they're just selling, selling, selling. Every niche, people are just selling, selling, selling. Selling is not the problem. The problem is that's your first interaction with them is buy, buy, buy. So you can stand out by give, give, give. And this is the secret to growing an audience. When nobody knows who you are and nobody has a, a clue as to how helpful you could be, how do you get noticed, Graham? You start one brick at a time by pumping out regular, powerful, free content at least weekly. So let's talk about that content. 
You want to create content that's going to be discoverable. Uh, I think the three biggest pieces of content or types of content that I would say do are podcasts, blog, written blog posts or articles, or YouTube videos. Okay. A lot of pros and cons of each podcasts. I'll just pick one of the pros. They are unmatched in building loyalty. Podcast listeners are the most fiercely loyal and deeply connected. They will listen from beginning to end to a 45-minute, hour-long, three-hour-long podcast. If you're Joe Rogan, three-hour-long podcast, right? They are so loyal and engaged. So the type of audience you build in a podcast is super action-oriented. If you say, go pre-order my book, they are more likely to pre-order your book. If you say, download this free, amazing guide that gets them on your email list, they're going to do that. If you say, hey, I'm launching a new community this week, come check it out and join, they're going to go check it out and join. They are fiercely engaged and loyal, which is really, really powerful. And as far as a content medium goes for you, they're relatively easy to create. You don't have to be on camera. Uh, you just have a, need to have a simple USB microphone, which is, these, these are so cheap these days, sub $100, uh, and some basic audio editing skills. I'm talking about basic, and you can pump out a piece of audio content as a podcast very easily. Platforms like Kajabi allow you to publish your podcast for free if you already have a Kajabi account. So this is great. There's lots of other ones as well. Um, it's super easy to create. I think the cons are you have to be able to speak eloquently enough to hold people's attention. Um, and you do have to have a quiet space. You can't really do this at a coffee shop. You can't really do this while you're traveling unless you can be in a quiet room. It's a little bit of technical prowess you have to have. And I say a little bit. This is stuff that anyone can teach you. I can teach you. Very, very basic. So don't get too overwhelmed. Um, I think one of the biggest cons is that, and I'll start out with podcasts, is that they're less discoverable than the other two that I'm going to share because the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify are a little bit more of a closed loop than I'd like them to be. A little bit harder to get discovered, not impossible. Written blog posts, these are classic, right? People who say blogging is dead have no idea what they're talking about. There's so much traffic being generated by blogs. Blog, they drive almost everything. You know what happened last week, uh, this past weekend? Uh, I took my family to Disney World, right? We went to Hollywood Studios for my 10-year-old's 10th birthday. She wanted to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, right? At Hollywood Studios. So, um, and I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Let's go. I freaking love Star Wars. So I was excited for the excuse. It was amazing. Um, but you know, I was dreading was the fact that you have to have a freaking game plan when you go to Disney. You can't, you can't just spend money on a ticket and walk in and enjoy yourself like you could back in the day. No, you have to have a system. You have to hack the Disney park to make sure you can actually go on the rides and not wait in a three-hour line, 185-minute wait like uh, Rise of the Resistance had when I was there on Saturday. Uh, ridiculousness. This is ridiculous. So I knew in my heart, Graham, you're going to have to do some research. And I didn't want to do it, but I did it anyway. And what did I do? I Googled how to prepare to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios or something like that. I typed that in Google. And what do you think came up? Blog posts. Oh, but Graham, I thought blogging was dead. There are bajillions of blog posts. That's what comes up when you Google stuff, folks mousehacker.com, uh, bloggingdisney.com, all these like Disney hacking blogs came up. I've read probably six different blog 
like sites and then two to three articles per site, right? Because I'm trying to corroborate stuff. I'm trying to find one that's like, speaking as plainly as possible. I'm trying to understand the new Disney Genie Plus service. They got rid of fast passes and now it's lightning lanes. Everything changed a couple of months ago. Like to understand how to prepare for my Disney trip, I had to rely on bloggers. Yes, Disney has their own website and they have, guess what? Blog posts on their site. Guys, blogging is not dead. This is what makes the internet go around and around and around and around. And, around. and so I was on people's blogs. And you know what they were offering me? Disney itinerary cheat sheets. That's called the lead magnet, folks. These people are doing it, living the grand dream. They're living online business dream. I'm so proud of them. I didn't have time to really dig in. I just needed the facts. But if I were going to keep going to Disney, I would go back. I would say Mouse Hacker was a pretty great site. I got to put that out. It's a pretty good site. Blog posts, they're great. They're great because SEO, search engine optimization. When people like me type in these topics or niches, guess what I find? I find people's blogs and now I'm exposed to their ecosystem. I read a helpful article, links to other articles. I'm seeing all these helpful checklists. I'm like, dude, I, I need to know all this stuff. I'm gonna get on their email list next time I go to Disney because it's gonna be really, really helpful. So it's a great way to get discovered. I wasn't looking for these people. I didn't know they existed, but I was searching for a topic and because they have lots of blog posts on it, they show up. Anybody can show up in a Google search, but you have to blog. One of the pros is that there's virtually no equipment or startup costs. You just type and you can do it anyway. You can be at a coffee shop. You can be on an airplane. You can blog anywhere. As long as you can write well and have grammatically correct sentences and you understand how to communicate points that are interesting to people. I teach about this at length in other places, but how to craft a blog post that really, really connects with people. It's great. They're super skimmable. A lot of people just want the facts and so that you, they can, people can skim your content. They're great. I think the cons are that they just take a long time to write if you're not a fast writer. And it's not video. And video is kind of the future. But don't give up on written blog posts because you can't skim video as easily. I know there's chapters inside of YouTube videos nowadays. So it's kind of like work around, but I really think the blogs are only getting stronger. People like fast, quick. And when I Google something, what comes up? Blog posts. So blog posts are great. So have a website and blog. And then number three, YouTube videos. This is my bread and butter in both niches. I, I love YouTube videos. I think that they are play to my strengths, which is being on camera and being able to communicate with my voice. And when you see me and hear me and learn the information, there's more senses. If you could smell me, I think I would smell nice and that would be good. I, I My wife jokes on me, I'll put on cologne to go into the office to sit by myself. No one will ever smell me. But as soon as YouTube allows smell-o-vision and you can smell me, you're gonna love me even more because I smell really good, friend. Um, so there's that. I, the great thing about YouTube is uh, it is owned by Alphabet, which owns Google. So YouTube is the world's second most visited website, second most used search engine. That's what YouTube is. It's not a social media platform. It's nothing like Instagram, TikTok. It is leaps and bounds above those platforms because it is a massively powerful search engine. So very similarly to my Disney search or Hollywood Studios or Galaxy's Edge or how to, how to beat the lines for Rise of Resistance, if I type that into YouTube, I get videos on that. It is the place to be discovered right now. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. I'm all in on YouTube. If you just create YouTube videos, you can get discovered. I use this example. My 12-year-old daughter wanted to make a YouTube channel last year. And so she has one where she's doing screen recordings 
of a popular Roblox game called Bloxburg, where she's building houses in the game. So she screen records herself talking through these builds that she builds and puts the videos up. But I remember walking her through her first video. She had a brand new channel, zero subscribers, zero videos. She shot a video. We created a thumbnail. I told her like, well, what's this video about? And she's like, well, it's about doing this kind of build inside of Roblox Bloxburg. I'm like, well, that, that's the title you make. Like Roblox, Bloxburg, whatever, whatever build or how to do whatever, whatever build. That's the title. So real simple keyword centric for what people are probably typing into YouTube. We upload the video. We go off on a merry way. Three hours later, do you know what happens when we type in Roblox, Bloxburg, something, something build? Her video shows up on the very first page of YouTube results, like video seven out of 15 or 20. She has zero subscribers, zero views, and she started her channel that day and she was already ranking that day. This is because of the power of the search engine inside of YouTube and YouTube's algorithm has gotten more and more geared towards newer channels. It's more democratized. It's easier to rank than ever before. No longer do they show tons of favor to people with big channels. It's really about relevancy in the title the content and do people continue to watch? Are they liking what they're watching? And is there some engagement in the comments? So it is a great platform for discoverability, which is what the name of the game is. You need to get discovered in order to build your online business. That's why content, what we're talking about today is the most important part of this entire system. Short of figuring out your idea and who, and who you're gonna serve and how you're gonna serve them, the most important thing you will do in your business for the rest of your life is create content. And it's a thing that never stops. So pick a platform and go with it. Any one of those podcast, written blog posts, or YouTube is gonna be great. If I had to pick a favorite, it would be YouTube. But you can build a business on all three. And I've actually done all three. I'm doing two of them simultaneously right now, podcast and YouTube. So let's talk about a couple of things. One thing I wanna talk about is content buckets. And then I want to give you the two secrets to great and effective content. Um, so content buckets, when people think about content, they think about, Graham, how am I going to come up with ideas forever? Um, and they get overwhelmed and I get it. When I started the recording revolution, I could only think up 12 blog posts. This was 2009. I was like, I think I could teach everything that I know about making music in your home studio in 12 blog posts, which <laughs> shows how little I understood about how deep any of our topics or niches go. So I outlined 12 posts and I wrote those 12 posts. And do you know that that was my original vision for the recording revolution was to be just a 12 piece blog that would just live on forever. And then I could share it with my friends. Instead of having to answer the same questions over and over again, I could just point people to this website and they would have these 12 pieces that they could check out. So 12. That was it. That was as far as I got. That was 12 and a half years ago. And I have been posting three times a week for four years straight. Then I dropped down to two times a week for the next two to three years. And then it's been one time a week since then. Thousand plus pieces of content, maybe approaching 2000 pieces of content, which is insanity. Uh, and it hasn't stopped. Pretty, pretty crazy. So the point is, it's unending what you could talk about. But to make it less overwhelming and to help you think about this in a different way, I want you to think about content buckets. Think about a bucket is, in my way, my language, a category that I could shove topics in. So 
We talked last week about finding your profitable business idea. Let's say your profitable business idea is being a fitness instructor. I talk about this example in the book. There's a lot of things you could talk about as a fitness instructor in a blog, in your podcast, in your YouTube channel, whatever format you choose. But let's say you decide I'm going to come up with, ideally you want four to five content buckets. Let's say you're going to come up with four to five categories. If you were like, okay, Graham's telling me to come up with content buckets. If I were to divide anything and everything I would teach my audience or help them out with into four to five categories, what would those look like? Well, I'm not a fitness instructor by any means, but just some guesses. Here are, here are some examples that they could be. Your four content buckets could be workouts and exercises, right? So that would be, that would cover every type of like, let me show you workouts, your specific routines, exercise that will help. All, all, anything having to do with workouts and exercises, that's one bucket. Number two could be nutrition and eating. Yeah, what do you, what do you eat? And, and that could be like a million things, right? Like how do you eat healthy when you're traveling? How do you eat healthy at restaurants? Is there, is there any kind of fast food that's healthy? How to make, how to, what should you have in your fridge? What should you have in your pantry? How to grocery shop? I mean, a million things you could talk about relating to nutrition and eating. That's your second content bucket. A third one could be recovery and sleep. It's interesting, sleep is becoming not just a random thing that we all know we're supposed to do every night and probably loosely important. There are entire industries built around how to sleep well. I've read, I personally have read multiple books on sleep. <laughs> it's like, wow, I thought there would maybe be a book written about sleep. There are multiple books, podcasts, tons of research being done on sleep and, and recovery. So that could be an entire bucket of content. That'd be your third one maybe. And then number four could be like, home gym equipment reviews. And that'd be dope. That'd be strategic for two reasons. One, very searchable because people are typing in Peloton bikes or typing in the mirror from Lululemon. They're typing in whatever the, the trendy tech, you know, piece is for home gym equipment, even down to non-tech things like, do I need kettlebells? How helpful are they? What, what type of dumbbells should I get? Blah, blah, blah. So it's very searchable, number one. And number two, you can create passive income through affiliate links or sponsored posts. And you can eventually get free stuff when you do reviews of equipment, which is pretty cool. So there's no right or wrong way to categorize your idea. But what I want you to do once you're committed to content is to look at your, your niche and your topic and say, I'm going to talk about a lot of things over the next five to 10 years in this business because that's how long you want to think, minimum. If I were to organize all the things I help people with in this area into four or five categories, what would those categories be? And then once you've created those categories, create a Google Doc with those categories, just start to bullet point at least five topic ideas, video ideas, podcast ideas, blog post ideas that you could create under each of those categories. It makes it a lot easier. Instead of thinking about 20 pieces of content, think about five, again, for exercises or workout routines. And then if I were a fitness director, what are five things I could talk about with nutrition and eating? What are five things I could talk about when it comes to recovery and sleep? What are five things I could talk about when it comes to home gym equipment reviews or actual equipment that you need or don't need? If I could come up with five for each of those topics, Let's say I have a fifth category and I come up with five for that. That's 25 pieces of content. If you post once a week, which I believe is the minimum rhythm you should post, that's six months worth of content already outlined before you even start. It's half a year. It's incredible. So content buckets, I think, helps you do two things. One, it helps you not have to think when it comes to creating content. You can just create. You sit down in front of your camera or your microphone or your keyboard 
it's a Monday, it's a Tuesday, it's a Wednesday, whenever you get around to making content, instead of thinking, okay, gosh, what should I create this week? You just open up your list and go, ah, oh, I want to do that. We'll do that. That's right. That's a good idea. I had a good idea. Let's create that piece of content. Then you outline it and you shoot and create it. And then what's great about having content buckets is it gives you a well-rounded brand because now you can rotate through. So if last week you did a workout routine piece of content, this week do something on nutrition. Next week, do something on sleep and recovery. Then the next week, do something on a piece of equipment that you're reviewing and rotate through those categories. You can have a nice, well-organized, well-balanced content brand, which is so, so important. Um, if you're getting stuck, and I was talking to a friend of mine last week about creating content. He's in the uh, videographer business space. He wants to help people grow their video business. He's built a million dollar a year uh, video production company, and he has another business now teaching videographers how to build their own, get clients and what to charge and how to build, build a business, right? But he's new. He's got a podcast. He's new to YouTube. And we were talking about like, what kind of videos should I make? And I said, well, one place to start if you're stuck is to get inspired, quote unquote, by your competitors. Look at the big YouTube channels or the big podcasts or the big blogs in your topic or niche. And what are the five most popular pieces of content? What are the five most popular videos they have? Look at those topics. What are they talking about? this isn't copying because they don't have exclusive rights to these topics because these topics are built around probably the research they've done about what people are interested in and what people's questions are. And so you're looking for that as an easy starting point of like, wow, if that's their most popular video and it's on whether they should be keto or whatever, if we're going back to this fitness instructor, um, if it's a big keto piece, maybe we should do a piece on keto. Maybe that's trending right now. That's great. That means people have questions or they're looking into that. Like, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't be cute. Don't try to be original. That's not our goal here. We're not trying to create new, amazing opinion pieces. We're trying to meet people where they are. Just like the Disney bloggers met me where I was. Rise of the Resistance is the most popular ride in all Disney's theme parks around the world. It has the longest wait times. It's, it's, it's hard to get in. And so they know that people are looking into what's the best way to make sure that I get on that ride when I've spent all this money to take my family there. So they're not trying to be cute. They're just trying to be real and meet me where I am. And they're all talking about the same thing. Multiple bloggers. That's great. That means they're all going to show up when people like me search it. So don't get cute. Don't get creative. Just do what's working. Final two things I'll leave you with is the two secrets to great and effective content. I go in a lot more depth about content. Um, how to craft the perfect blog post or video post. My entire outline for how to do a perfect piece of content is in this book in depth, but I, I got to move on. So I'm just going to leave you with the two secrets of great and effective content. And they're real simple. Be consistent and be bold or polarizing. The first one, be consistent, meaning show up every single week without fail for eternity, okay? Minimum. If you can do more than once a week, even better. Be prolific. I started with three pieces of content a week, but I, I was unemployed, so I had time. Whatever time you have, make sure you, you create one new piece of content per week, minimum. That's your rule. That's Graham's command to you, and you must do it. Otherwise, Graham will come and find you and shake you violently and say, why are you creating content? No, I won't do that. I, I love you. But like, if you, if you hear nothing else is make that rule and then follow it, become a slave to that one rule because that rule will serve you better than anything. 
the content platforms are looking for consistent content. So the algorithm will favor you. You will build a rhythm that your audience can expect just like a TV show. We expect it to show up the same time every week. If the TV show disappears for a week or two and then it comes back, like we're going to be confused. Is it coming back? Where are the episodes? Like the book of Boba Fett just finished up a couple of weeks ago. Like if they had three or four episodes and then they disappeared for two or three weeks, I'd, I'd be like, where's the rest of the show? Like, is the season done? Did they just like, you have to be consistent. People are expecting you to be consistent. And even when they don't know about you at the beginning, train your audience to expect you to deliver content and publish weekly. So be consistent. It'll pay off. Eventually one of your pieces of content will pop. Not all of them will pop, but one will pop. Be consistent. And number two, be bold or polarizing. There is too much content out there that all sounds the same. I know this sounds like I'm contradicting what I said earlier about don't be original. I'm not saying be original. I'm not saying you have to talk about something no one else is talking about. Talk about what everyone wants you to talk about, meaning the things they're looking up right now, but don't sound like everybody else. Don't be palatable. Palatable gets you pushed to the wayside. Palatable means you sound like everybody else. And so you just, you don't need to exist because there's a million other bloggers or YouTubers that sound like you. You know what's palatable in the online business space? Telling people to run Facebook ads. Oh yeah, post on social media all the time. Oh yeah, you'll make a lot of money if you follow my launch strategy and it'll happen really quickly. That's palatable. That's not what I believe in. I say things like social media is a pretty much a waste of time for 99% of us. Running ads is a waste of money for 99% of us. Um, and that this will take you a long time to build wealth in this business. Uh, I believe you should give your best material away for free. Um, I believe you shouldn't sell publicly. You should sell privately. What else? Oh, email marketing is the key. I say a lot of things that people disagree with. I talk about my faith. I talk about how I learn a lot of business strategy from the Bible. People don't like that. They don't like any of that. Mm, nah, I don't like that. Mm -mm, ugh. I don't want to hear that. It's really good. It's really, really good. Oh, I tell people to work as little as possible. I, I, I criticize people who overwork. I call hustle what it is. Workaholism in disguise. No one wants to hear that. It's not very popular. Not very popular at all. I was fortunate enough to um, get on John Lee Dumas's podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. We had a really great interview a week or two weeks ago. Um, it'll air soon, I think end of March. Uh, so if you listen to JLD's show, um, good old Graham will be on there. It was a huge honor to be on that podcast. Um, one of the, the, the question that John Lee Dumas, JLD asks at the beginning of every episode is what is one thing you believe about success that most people would disagree with? And you know what I said? I said that the key to a richer business and life is to work as little as possible. And I unpacked that. That's super controversial because it goes against, at least in America, it goes against the American ethos, which is work hard all the time. And people think that I'm lazy. I just think that I'm smarter than them and that I don't want to burn out and I want to live a fulfilling life. And uh, work isn't everything that I am. So I say polarizing things. Why? It's not, I'm not making stuff up. I really believe these things, but it stands out gets people talking about it. If they don't like it, that's good. 
if they like it and they're like, oh, wow. If they don't like it, it's good. If they're making fun of me, I'm on the right track. If they're saying this guy's an idiot, I'm on the right track because they're talking about me. They're paying attention. Number two, if they agree with me, they feel like I'm giving a voice to the voiceless. I'm empowering them. And they're like, oh, I'm so glad Graham said that. I've been feeling that, but no one else is saying that. And I finally have someone who can say what I believe to be true. And they feel like I'm championing them. I've got their back. Maybe that's how you feel. Or maybe you totally disagree with me. Either way, I've done my job, if that's the case. If you're listening to this, and you're like, yeah, that's all right. That's, that was nice. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to be tidy. I want to get noticed. I want to make a difference. I've got too much at stake in terms of like the message I'm trying to get out there, the impact I'm trying to have. Who knows how long I'm going to live. I'm not a pessimistic person, but like today is the only day we have. And so I'm trying to make use of it and we don't have time to play around. So I want to create content that's bold. So for you, as we wrap this episode up, when you're thinking about your content, do not be afraid to say what you 100% believe in especially if it means people will come out of the woodwork to disagree with you. That's a good sign. If what you're saying can't really be disagreed with, then you're not saying anything. You're just talking about something, but you're not taking a stand. Take a stand for something. Share what you believe in, share what you don't believe in, and you're gonna get haters, but you're gonna get super fans and you need the super fans to build a business. So that's so important when it comes to content. So much more to talk about when it comes to content. Chapter four is huge, super didactic. As I told you, we break down how to craft the perfect blog post or video post or a podcast episode and so much more inside of that chapter. Um, Two, two calls to action for you. One, please pre-order the book. It drops March 22nd. If you haven't already, I know so many of you have. If you have already, pick up a second copy for a friend. I know you've got a friend or family member who hates their freaking job. This is their golden ticket. So many people quitting their jobs. So many people trying to get a career shift. This is their golden ticket to at least, at the very least, create a second income stream to get them out of debt, build wealth or whatever they want to do. But best case, it could turn into a full-time thing and they could be doing work they truly believe in and love. So pick up a second copy if you've already picked up one. And if you haven't, what are you doing? Go pre-order a copy right now. It'd mean the world to me. It'll help me out. And number two, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment and let me know what was your biggest insight when it comes to growing your audience today. Love to know that in a comment below. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please, if you haven't already, leave me a review on the show. It means a ton, especially in the Apple Podcast app iTunes uh, means so much and share the episodes, share the podcast with people. If you find this helpful, I'm on a mission trying to change the way people interact with their work and their life, serving people, building wealth and doing what they were meant and called to do. Thanks for hanging out with me today. This is an amazing episode. We've got two more episodes coming related to the book as we dive deep into how to get paid for what you know before it drops on March 22nd. I'm excited to share it with you and excited for you to get your hands on this beautiful, beautiful work that I'm so proud of, worked hard on it. A lot of amazing people at my publisher, Ben Bello and Matt Holt Books have helped me out to create something that I think is really, really helpful, fun to read and actionable as well. Stay healthy, stay safe. And I'll see you in another episode real soon.